Well, good morning to you, and uh, it's good to be with you for God's Word this morning. About 90 years ago in South Wales, over in England, there was a woman. This woman was a, a spiritist. She was a medium. Uh, she was a, a professional person who helped people connect with the dead. And she had a standing event with a group of people every Sunday night. She would meet with them, uh, and she would help them commune with their dead ancestors and, and other people. One Sunday night, she was sick. So she stayed home, and she sat in her front room. She watched groups of people walk past her house, and she knew that they were going to church. If you're from a, a Lutheran background, it's kind of strange to you, perhaps, to think about going to church on a Sunday night, uh, but there's a number of other traditions that not only have church on services on Sunday mornings, but they go to church as well on Sunday evenings, and that was really popular up through like the 70s and the 80s. Uh, and so she watched these people go to services. She said she had this desire then to see what they were doing. So she got up, sick as she was a little bit, and she went with them. She went that week, then she went every week after that for the rest of her life. She converted and she became a Christian. One time she told the pastor why she kept coming. And she said this, she said, The moment I entered your chapel and I sat down on a seat amongst the people, I was conscious of a power. I was conscious of the same sort of power as I was accustomed to in our spiritist meetings. But there was one big difference. I had a feeling that the power in your chapel was a clean power. Friends, that's the spiritual fight going on. That's just one example of what it looks like and what it might feel like to be part of this spiritual fight. Friends, I suspect that if I asked you, how many of you have had some sort of an experience with demons? Or some, how many of you feel like you've come into contact with some evil spiritual power? I think most of you would probably say, mm, no. Maybe there was this one time, you know, with things like kind of weird, but no, no, right? For the most part. And, and yet I wonder, is that because there is no spiritual fight? Or might it not be because we lack spiritual sight? Are we perhaps just so different from that spiritist and that medium that we, we don't see the fight? We lack that spiritual sight that she had from all of her experience that allowed her to see what was going on, to see the spiritual fight. You know, we, we live in this, this time, right? We live in this time where it's a little bit popular to be spiritual but not very religious in life. You know, people will say, I pray but I don't go to church at all. All kinds of things like that. But we've, generally speaking, our big picture, our time, we've ripped out the transcendence of life. 
we've ripped out the holiness of life. I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody build a church that was so big it scraped the sky? When was somebody last time you saw a, a, a church that was so ornate, so beautiful, so just reeking of transcendence and of holiness that you were almost afraid to walk into it? No. Right? We build churches that look like gymnasiums now. We've, we've ripped out all of the, the transcendence and the holiness and the spirituality out of our life. And today then God wants to say, well, maybe, maybe the reason that you don't see this spiritual fight is that we just don't have spiritual sight. And so today, that's what God wants to help us do. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, if you've got your own Bibles with, or you've got one of these blue and white Bibles there, you can find Ephesians chapter 6, and I encourage you to take a look at that and look, work along there with me. This is one of the most famous sections in the Bible addressing spiritual warfare, or the spiritual fight that we are part of. And if you take a look at this section, you know, you might think it away, well, wait a second, why is the Apostle Paul encouraging us to fight? Especially if you, if you read the rest of the letter, because the rest of the Paul's letter is all about unity. God says, uh, Paul says, God makes us one. And then Paul ends the book and he says, let's fight! You're like, wait a second, this, this doesn't quite, quite make sense. But I, I would encourage you as we go through this to, to see it this way. You know, you think, what is the last thing that the team does before the team takes the field. The team has spent its time studying their strategy. They know how they, they work together. They've studied their moves for the game. They've watched the other teams uh, play film, and they've learned their own plays. Then they've, they've spent time learning their, the team's plays. And what do they do then before they get out there into the field? They smash each other upside the helmets and they say, yeah, let's go. And they bring out their fists and they push their fists into each other and then they put them together and they say, go team, or whatever, you know, go Cougars, whatever your team name is. That's what Paul wants to do today. Get into the fight. Get worked up a little bit, not too much. You're a team. You've learned the strategy. You've studied your moves. Now it's time to, to get into the fight. For that, you need spiritual sight. So today, we want to gain that spiritual sight. First, the Apostle Paul says, here's how big this fight really is. Paul lists these spiritual forces in verses 11 and 12. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, I would guess that there's some people out there, especially maybe the, the little boys among us, who hear this section and they're like, yes, an excuse for another gun. I'm in a fight. Can it be a cool one? Right? Does it shoot far? This is good. I, I, I want to have a reason to go to Cabela's again today or something like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I don't like to think about war and, and fighting too much, and that's not because I don't own my own share of guns, uh, but I suspect it's kind of the same reason that the Ephesians had. I don't think the Ephesians particularly liked to think about this fight too much. And, and here's why. In the Ephesians' history, 
up to about 25 BC, the city of Ephesus was a hotly contested city. They were in constant warfare. About every five to ten years, somebody would invade and take over the city, and then there'd be a new ruler, and they'd trade hands. Um, and, and then all of that stopped in 25 BC, when Caesar came into the town, and he made it the second most important city in all of the Roman Empire. He made it the capital of that whole region. From that point forward, Ephesus, because of its prime location, it had this beautiful harbor, it was on the road that led all the way to Asia so that people could get spices, all the things from the east. From that time forward, Ephesus prospered. The people grew rich. 250 years they experienced of prosperity. Now, sound familiar? I don't like to think about war and fighting too much because I don't want to think about devastation of my land. I don't want to think about everything getting burned down. I don't want to think about everything getting wrecked. How much do you think that the people of Ephesus wanted to think about this war and these battles? They, the city of Ephesus, we suspect, was perhaps as large as 200,000 people at the time, which was a huge city in the ancient world. It, it had the Temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. She was a, a goddess of the hunt. Uh, and so, yes, they knew a little bit about fighting, but it was for sport and for food, not for war. And they had a theater, a theater that held 20,000 people. Sounds like a nice time, huh? That was a beautiful city filled with prosperity. They didn't want to think about war and battles and fights. Life was good. So then do you think, do you see now why the Apostle Paul, he wrote here, he said, your struggle is not just against flesh and blood, but against the, the rulers and the authorities and the powers? I've always wondered as I read this section, and, and maybe you have too, is why didn't Paul just say, you know, your battle is against the demons? Right? Why did he say your battle is against the rulers? Why did he make it sound like it's a big deal? Right? Rulers sounds scary. Powers sounds impressive, but not demons. Your battle is against the demons. I mean, that would have been much more normal. But no, the Apostle Paul says it's against the authorities. Like it's kind of a big thing. And you know, I think what Paul is pointing out to, to the Ephesians and to us, and he's saying, look, you're an advanced society. You're an advanced economy. Your, your culture is rich and it's well-developed. You're not playing a little game anymore. You're playing with the big boys. Right? This is not spiritual warfare checker style. You better be playing chess. Because the devil's bringing his real game. He says this is rulers. He says this is powers. He says this is authorities. You know, if you read the New Testament, and, and I know that many of you have probably noticed this as you've read. You ever noticed how when Jesus does all of his work, he does work with the demons. Right? Every time Jesus turns around, there's a demon doing something. And then you read Galatians, and you read Ephesians, and you read Philippians, and you read Colossians, and you're like, where did all the demons go? Right? Where did all the, where did all the demon and the demon possession go? Except the Apostle Paul still has spiritual forces, spiritual evil at work. Paul's noticing 
he's noticing the same thing that a lot of people notice today. He's noticing that the more advanced your economy, the more advanced your culture, the more advanced your society, the more you're playing with the big boys. Have you ever heard people point that out, right? Where do you hear about demonic activity these days? Like I said, I asked most of you, if I, I think if I asked most of you, you know, what do you know about spiritual forces, spiritual evil, any interactions? I think most of you would say no. But you've all heard stories from Africa. I've told you stories from Asia. You know stories from South America. What does that illustrate for us? It's either people say, well, obviously, the more, we, more, more advanced we become, right, the less spiritual we are. That's what some people say. Or, or I, I would say, the more advanced we become, the more complex the battle is. Maybe some of you have read uh, C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters. That's one thing that Lewis does a really good job of pointing out for us, if you've ever read it. It's not a, a scary book if you ever want a chance to read it. It's, it's a very insightful presentation of how demonic activity might work, really, in a complex modern world. And C.S. Lewis it tells this story of a, of a higher-up demon teaching the underlings how to fight spiritual war. Overall, his point is that the best thing you can do is just shut up and hide. Don't make a big stink. Work in the background. Because the complex modern world will spiritually destroy you all on its own. There's a reason, I think, that the Apostle Paul uses rulers and authorities and powers and says, friends, we're not playing a little game here. We're playing with the big boys. You're on the A-team now. You're on the varsity. And you better bring your best game. You better bring your best tools for fighting. Let me just give you, you know, one example, right, of what that might kind of feel like and, and look like. I remember there was one time in my life where we were fighting what we thought was a pretty good spiritual fight. We were dealing with biblical illiteracy, and so we were trying to really boost up, make for some more robust teaching in our church life. We were dealing with questions about what marriage and family life should look like. And so we were hosting sessions and having talks about marriage and family life. We were dealing with questions about worldview. What does it mean to think like a Christian? And so we would have seminars on how to think Christianly. But you know what tripped me up? You know what caught us? In the midst of all of that, I got really angry. I got really worked up. I got kind of arrogant about the fight. Right? I thought, oh, there's this side of the battle that we need to make more progress on. Rawr! And there's that side of the fight we need to do more on. Rawr! Get to it. And all of a sudden, even without realizing it, I got tripped up in the fight. And, and you could say, well, the fight wasn't that complex. You should have just paid more attention to yourself. But that's the trick, isn't it? 
We're friends. We're playing with the big boys here. We've got all of these different forces, all of these different fronts where we have to fight the fight. And for that, you need really good spiritual sight. You've got to be able to watch yourself and watch everybody else around you in the midst of the battle. It's not little demons. It's the rulers. It's the powers. It's the authorities. And it's a big game. That's why we need to get into this game. It's a real fight, and for that we need real spiritual sight. Second, we need to get equipped for this fight. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he goes on and he calls it, he says we need to put on the armor of God. He put on the armor of God, and he lists a couple of things. These are all things that you can see for yourself. He says put on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on your feet, which means your boots. Uh, he says also take up the shield of faith, Take up the helmet of salvation, and lastly, the sword of the Spirit. So this is a bunch of good things there. You, you can look those things up. This is basically the common attire of the Roman legionnaire. It's the Roman soldier. He just misses a couple minor things, you know, little like things like uh, your, your shin guards. You would wear shin guards, and you'd wear a, a full wrap-around armor, that kind of thing. Well, I want you to change that all for a second to some modern items. Imagine instead of saying the sword of the Spirit, it said the gun of the Spirit. Pistol or rifle, you take your choice. And, and, and imagine then if it says, instead of breastplate, it says body armor, put on your Kevlar. How did that make you feel? Does that make you excited to get into the fight? Does that make you feel equipped and ready for the fight? Or does that kind of turn you off and make you say, you know, I'm not a fan of body armor. That's okay. I, I don't really need a gun. I'm not excited about getting into this. Paul's showing us something here. Remember that movie, Men in Black? I don't know if any of you remember watching Men in Black. There's a little scene in it, though, where, where Will Smith, it's one of Will Smith's funnier movies, he's getting trained how to fight aliens, and they walk into the armory, great little scene. We walk into the armory and, and his trainer starts pulling out weapons out of the armory. And he says, oh, this is the atomizer, the de-atomizer, this is the destroyer. And he's got these massive guns, right? They're like huge things. And then, then he reaches in and he pulls out this tiny little pistol. It's like that big. He goes, Cheek! and he hands it to, to Will. And, it, and Will says, what's this? I don't want this thing. You get that thing and I get this thing. I don't want this. Right? And he tries to give it back. Isn't that how you feel when you, when you read what the Apostle Paul is saying here to you and me? Paul goes on and he says, you've got to battle with rulers. You've got to battle with powers. You've got to battle with authorities. But here's a sword. Good luck. <laughs> Do you feel equipped for this fight? I know I don't. I often feel overwhelmed for this fight. But that scene with, with Will goes on, and it doesn't take very long before the, he's, he's shooting at an alien. And the first time, remember what happens the first time he pulls the trigger? first time he pulls the trigger, it's awesome. There's like a 10-foot hole that opens up in front of him where he shot at, and he gets blasted back about 15 feet. And, and that, my friends, that's what God wants to show you and I with these weapons. Yes, they're little. Yes, they're basic. But we... We are warriors. With this equipment, we are warriors. We are soldiers. We are ready for this great fight. 
Martin Luther had a good comment about this one time. People asked him, how did you get all of this done? How did you get so many things done in the world? He says, what is Luther? The teaching was not mine, nor was I crucified. How did I, this poor stinking bag that I am, come to this point? I simply taught. I preached. I wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept and I drank and I beer and with my friends, the word worked. The word weakened the papacy and the prince and the emperor in a way that nobody else ever inflicted such losses. I did nothing. The word did everything. Friends, you have the exact same weapon that the Apostle Paul had to build the church. You have the exact same weapons that Martin Luther had to remake the world. You have the word and everything that comes with it. And with that word, you are more than well equipped to work in this world. There is nothing like a well-trained warrior with that word. And if you have ever wielded that word well, you know how much damage it can do. You know how much you can get done. You know how much it can accomplish. Makes me think I've had so many times where I've gone and I've, I've visited with somebody. And I haven't had a clue what to say, right? They start talking to me about maybe their family conflicts, all of the ways that their family is, is falling apart, and the, the way that sin is destroying their family. And I'm like, I don't know, what Bible passage am I supposed to use? And, and sometimes I'll just open up, open up to a, a passage in, in the Word, and I read that to them. And they look at me and they say, thank you, Pastor. That was exactly what I needed to hear. That was so wonderful. It was the perfect thing. And I think, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I didn't have some big plan, some big scheme. Friends, when you've got that word, you are more than well equipped to wield a sword that will destroy that enemy and drive him back. If Martin Luther could use that word to change the world, so can you and I. We've well equipped for this spiritual fight. So friends, let's do battle. Let's do this fight. The Apostle Paul, he closes and he says here in the end, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Be alert and always keep on praying. Paul says, here's this battle, now pray. Does that strike you as a little bit odd? Does that strike you as kind of strange to say, here's a fight, just pray? I mean, when you pray, I assume you guys don't run around with guns and swords and do crazy things. I assume you sit at home in your chairs, you walk down the street, you visit your neighbors, and you say your prayers. It makes me think of an example, a time with one of my friends. He was a, a pastor. He had a woman walk into his church one day. She started listening to the sermons and the services, then she started coming back for quite a few weeks, and then she, she came and she sat down with the pastor one day, and she said, Pastor, I want to tell you about why I'm coming to your church and what's been going on here. Pastor, I see demons. He said, what? He was not ready for that. He said, I see demons. I see demons all the time. Turns out that this woman had grown up in the occult. She was very familiar with spiritual forces. She saw them all the time. She saw him as she walked down the street. She saw him in her home. She saw them even at church during the service. Now, 
you might think maybe that's not true. Maybe, maybe you do think that is true. I'm not sure how you, you feel about whether or not she saw them. But here's how the story went. She would meet on and off with the pastor to talk through her spiritual life, including her experience with demons. One time, he and another pastor who had some past experience, they were visiting with her and they were working through some teaching together and they had one of those strange experiences, the stereotypical demonic uh, appearances, right? So the whole temperature in the room changed very dramatically. Her voice changed dramatically. Her body movements started being very exaggerated and, and, and strange. And maybe perhaps, right, you say, well, these are all just flukes. I'm not sure how you think about that. But he, he at the moment thought, mm, this seems to be some demonic activity. Then the other pastor, his friend, pulled a piece of paper out of his pocket and he unfolded it and he showed it to the woman, he showed it to the demon and it all stopped. And it wasn't because that was a special piece of paper. It was just a photocopy. But it was a photocopy of her baptismal certificate. He carried it around in his pocket just for moments like that. That's what it means, friends, to pray in the Spirit. It means that you and I take hold of the work that Jesus did and we claim it as our very own and we show it to the devil, we show it to those spiritual forces, we show it to the rulers, we show it to the authorities and we say, my Lord Jesus won. This is what is done. Because just as Jesus went into battle with the spiritual forces, so do you. Jesus went into the wilderness. That was how he started his ministry. He was thrust out into the wilderness with nothing to his name, with nothing along with himself, except for the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who plunged him into a battle with the devil. Also that by that same Spirit, you and I can claim a place. That is the spiritual sight that you and I need. We see the fight that Jesus won. And we bring that fight to the, all of the rulers, all of the powers, all of the authorities that we're standing against. We bring that spiritual sight into this fight. And with that prayer, we will win. We will win. Pray. Pray, my friends, that you might see in this fight. Pray that you would have such spiritual sight for the fight. Let's pray and we'll win. Let's pray that now together as we are part of this fight. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went into the fight with the devil and his great force in the, in the wilderness as you began your ministry. And you won that battle, not by your force, not by your power, but with the Word of God. You have equipped us with the same Word of God for our battles. And so we ask that you would bless our prayers. Fill our prayers with the Spirit, that we might be well equipped for this spiritual fight that we are facing all the time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.